This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to these Eternal Legionnaires. Lena Celeste Mickelberg, DS-6279 from Nordic Garrison, and Christian John Collins. CJ was aspiring to become a 501st member and had supported several troops in his own Shadow Scout armor. Sponsored by his father Chad, SL-6876, and the 70th Explorer's Garrison, and in recognition of his son's intent, Legion ID number TX-51695 has been awarded to C.J. Collins posthumously. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 110 for June 2018. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. Marcus, TK14057. And I'm Joe, SL12743. The 501st Legion is currently at 13,121 members with 25,244 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of the recording is Thor, TK11057, with a new ANH Stormtrooper for Southern California Garrison's LA squad. In this episode, we can finally talk about Solo and Celebration. We attend numerous charity walks and May the 4th festivities and invade Legoland in two different countries. So stay tuned. Recent news. Although we highly doubt that anyone listening to our podcast hasn't heard yet, the next celebration has been announced for April 11th through the 15th of next year in Chicago, Illinois. Many of us were a bit blindsided by that locale as we had gotten accustomed to the bouncing back and forth between the same, between the theme parks on, on each coast. But this will be a fantastic opportunity for the middle of the country, which hasn't had a flow celebration since C3 in 2005. Our brave Midwest Garrison has now settled with his first time celebration hosting duties, a task that they likely weren't expecting. But with the help of some seasoned celebration planners on the team, I'm sure they'll do great. Then, of course, there was the other shock of five-day tickets selling out months, uh, which is two days after uh, the tickets were in sale. Um, so very unexpected and uh, obviously um, a lot of uh, people now have to buy five single-day tickets, plus the dreaded Hunger Games of hotel room procurements. But hopefully, once the uh, dust settles, people can focus on all the fun they're going to have at this big 501st family reunion. Legion members should subscribe to the celebration forums on the main 501st boards to keep up to date on plans like the bash, the hotel room blocks, swag track parties, and the group photo, and so much more. Yeah, I, I felt kind of guilty because I kept telling people, you know, just focus on getting your hotel room. Don't worry about the tickets. They'll still be there. And then, yeah, two days later, all the five days were gone. And now yeah. all the Saturdays are gone. 
so people can't even buy five single t- tickets anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, I bought my tickets, uh, I guess, the the minute it came live. I kind of planned, planned to or wanted to get a VIP ticket, but that was shut down after, I think, a minute, less than a minute, I think it was. Yeah, definitely uh, under a minute. Yeah, yeah. So by the time I got into the queue or out of the queue, the option to buy a ticket, the VIP ticket was already gone. And that wasn't very long after it went live. So, so congrats to the ones that got one. And uh, I guess I'll see you in line, Nikki. Yeah, I don't know. They were talking about how they're going to try to do something different, it seemed like, Mm -hmm. than trying to do the whole, you know, camping out overnight thing. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. The Peter Mayhew Foundation launched a new charity project recently, a charity coin to benefit poor Venezuelan children. The copper-colored coins featuring Wookiee feet on one side and outline of Venezuela wearing a bandolier on the other are being sold online for $10 by the Peter Mayhew Foundation. But proceeds will go to a small Texas charity called Ponte en sus zapatos, which is Spanish for put yourself in their shoes. The charity has been working in Venezuela for over a year and says it feeds 100 needy children every day and donates supplies like diapers and baby formula to a hospital that treats children with cancer. Hospitals in Venezuela often cannot provide patients with the most basic supplies due to widespread shortages and five-digit inflation. Check out a link to a full article about this project in our show notes. And head to coin.petermayhewfoundation.org to get your coin today. We have several new additions to the costume reference library since our last episode. Our newbie underworld detachment has four new CRLs. First is Janice Grechatas. Not even sure how to pronounce that name, but he was one of the emperor's advisors and an imperial dignitary. And a first to the legion costume, Bib Fortuna, another right-hand man type of character. But of course, he serves Jabba the Hutt, not the emperor. And then in the right-hand woman category is Dryden Boss's Kira from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Both her Kessel Run outfit with the red cape borrowed from Lando and the Vandor ensemble are now live and ready for GML approval. Our Imperial Officer Corps has added the First Order uniform version of Battlefront II's Gideon Hask. Spec Ops Detachment has added the Imperial Army Engineer, as seen in the Star Wars Empire comics. And our busiest detachment has been Flagship Eclipse. They have six new or updated CRLs. Starkiller from The Force Unleashed in his desert survival gear and his dark apprentice robes are both live. Mandalore the Ultimate from the Knights of the Old Republic comic is a new CRL. A Sith Acolyte from Star Wars The Old Republic, his CRL's been updated. Darth Talon from the Legacy comics is a new CRL. And Visus Mar from Knights of the Old Republic 2, apprentice to Darth Nihilus after he destroyed her planet. You can go see her updated CRL as well. And as always, all these links to them will be in our show notes. And thanks to the Legion membership team for all these cool updates. Star Garrison South Texas SWAT member Travis TK1253 is an employee of NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston and had the pleasure of training members of Expedition 53 to the International Space Station. Travis spent two years training NASA astronauts 
Joe Acaba, Mark Vandy Hay, and Russian cosmonaut Alexander Misurkin. Uh, prior to the launch of, on their mission, Travis was able to spend a week at the Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Center outside of Moscow and was able to give a little something to the crew members of Expedition 53 to carry with them to the ISS, a Star Garrison patch. The Star Garrison patch launched on a Soyuz rocket on September 12, 2017 and returned with the crew on February 28, 2018 and spent 168 days in space. Now that the patch is firmly back on Earth, it has been framed and was on display for viewing at Coming Palooza. We'll have a link to a photo from when it was up on the space station in our show notes. Uh, speaking of Coming Palooza, it took place a couple weeks ago on the last weekend in May, led by South Texas Squad, but with members from throughout the Star Garrison attending, as well as the Rebel Legion's Castle Base, the Mandalorian Mercs, Southern Texas Chapter, Houston Area Droid Builders, and the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Together, they were able to raise $4,500. $37.66 for Make-A-Wish Texas Gulf Coast and Louisiana. Uh, 4293 for Ponte and Sus Zapatos and 300 for Little War International. A combined total of $9,130.66 for these three amazing charities. Hi, this is Mark Hamill. You're listening to the 501st Cast, the most forceful podcast in the galaxy. Enjoy! And now a word from one of our sponsors. Hi, I'm Mott Tadab for Motel Orabesh. Next time you're traveling the hyperspace lanes and need a place to dock your transport and rest for a spell, Motel Orabesh has the largest rooms at the lowest rates of any other galactic motel chain. Guaranteed. I'm Mott Tadab for Motel Orabesh, and we'll leave the wall sconces on for you. We received in a report outlining a few recent troops from our Brazilian division garrison, which covers the four southernmost states of Brazil. On April 1st, three members of the garrison's Death Valley Squad, Death Valley's in California, well, well, anyway, three members of the garrison's Death Valley Squad attended an Autism Awareness Day and helped fundraise for a local autism support group in São José dos Campos. On April 14th, 13 members of the garrison, plus seven Galactic Academy cadets, attended the special parade that was held to celebrate Casa Pava's anniversary. On April 22nd, Fernando SL18027 and Galactic Academy Cadet Marcela CJED3487 were joined by Merida from Brave to appear at a walk for Anna, an event to try to raise funds for treatment and surgery in the U.S. for a young girl. On May 12th, Brazilian Division Garrison divided and conquered and sent troops to a Mother's Day celebration at the Army Cadets Academy, an event to get people excited about the Solo A Star Wars Story premiere and a visit to the Children's Hospital in São José dos Campos. We'll have links to photo galleries from each of these troops in our show notes. Thanks to Fernando, SL18027, for those reports. Speaking of hospital visits, this next report is from our Hospital Trooping Pros Alaskan Garrison. Thanks to their amazing relationship with the Children's Hospital at Providence and the Providence Alaska Medical Center, the Alaska Garrison was blessed to be able to make their 26th consecutive monthly visit to the hospital. Their room-to-room visits were met with delighted smiles, laughter, and imperial jokes from their beloved Admiral Tau visiting from the Garrison Titan system. 
This was also their first chance to visit the brand new children's emergency room. While they were there, they visited the main emergency room as well, causing trouble of the imperial kind with the adult staff and patients. We'll have a link to their photo gallery in our show notes, and thanks to Jen IC84864 for that report. It's definitely the season for charity walks, in this hemisphere at least. Here are several from the past couple months. On April 21st, the Anchorage Hard Walk joined several thousand walkers from across the community as they step out to have fun, get inspired, and support a meaningful cause. Alaskan Garrison members interacted with patrons prior to the opening ceremony, took photos at the photo wall with finishers near the performance stage, and interacted with patrons along the route. Check out the link to photos in our show notes. Thanks to Jen IC84864 for that report. Uh, Empire City Garrison attended the March of Dimes March for Babies event in Long Island, New York on Sunday, April 29th from 8.30 to 11.30 a.m. George TK11710, Chris TB6744, Joe TK91452, and Bill TK20177 attended. The March of Dimes organization does some great work to help make a world of difference to the health of babies. The event was well attended and with a steady stream of kids and adults throughout the morning. The weather did cooperate after an early morning rain. It cleared up and then they had a great but somewhat chilling morning. Troopers all had a great time taking photos with the guests, handing up cards, and seeing the walkers off on their journey. They also saw local uh, CBS News reporter Jennifer McLogan, and we'll have a link to the photo they took with her in our show notes. On the afternoon of May 6th, Empire City Garrison attended the Long Island Take Steps for Crone and Kaleidos Walk on Long Island, New York. Take Steps is the foundation's largest fundraising event of local community walks dedicated to raising funds to find cures for Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Participants and teams raise funds throughout the year and come together at the Take Steps Walk event to celebrate their fundraising achievements. The event was well attended with a steady stream of kids and adults throughout the afternoon. The weather did cooperate. It was overcast and rain was in the forecast, but we lucked out. We all had a great time taking photos with guests, handing out cards, and seeing the walkers off on their journey. We'll have a group photo of George TK11710, Chris TB6744, and Bill TK20177 in our show notes. And lastly, on May 19th, 70th Explorers Garrison and Rebel Legion's Dantween Base participated in the 30th anniversary edition of the Great Strides for Cystic Fibrosis St. Louis Walk, which raised over $242,000. We'll have a link to a photo from that day in our show notes. Oh, wait, there's one more. Empire City Garrison also attended Great Strides Walks on May 6th in Wentec, New York, and on June 10th on Long Island, New York. The CF Foundation does some great work, and troopers were proud to participate in the event. ECG has done a number of events so far this year for them, and they hope to continue to support the organization. The walk on May 6th was the first troop for Brent's ID 22071, and by all reports, he worked the crowd like pro. We'll have a link to a photo from each of those troops in our show notes. Thanks again to Chris TB6744 for the ECD reports. 
On April 21st, Alaskan Garrison had the pleasure of participating in their third Anchorage Promise Kids Day. Kids Day is exactly that, a day to celebrate with the local youth and families. A day to provide kids of all ages a day of laughter and fun. More than 80 youth-serving exhibitors gather at the Convention Center in Anchorage to provide program information and fun activities for all to enjoy. The Garrison was back as one of the event's most popular groups, with fully lit Death Star panels and all. They had a massive line for photos as always, and had an autograph table for the kids with scheduled characters available with photos to sign. Check out the link to the photo gallery as well as a really cool 360-degree video from the event in our show notes. Thanks to Jen, IC84864, for that report. Also on April 21st, clone troopers from 70th Explorers Garrison welcomed their newest clone, Evan, at a private event. Their special clone was first given his own soft clone armor costume, including a hand-painted treatment mask that looks like a 501st clone trooper to help with his radiation treatment at Children's Hospital in St. Louis. This was featured in a video about his experience that was picked up by ABC News. And we'll have a link to a video that was on the hospital's Facebook page uh, back in March in our show notes as well. It went viral, I'm pretty sure. So if people remember seeing this video where there is this lady that works at a hospital and she hand paints these treatment masks for kids and one of them was a clone trooper it was probably this video so shortly after that meeting 70th clones rallied the troops to give them a special care package which included patches cards and other donated items from clone troopers across the globe to show him their support these items were presented to him along with a new real helmet, not a treatment helmet, to wear at home, and a special lightsaber from Sabres for Hope. He was then escorted on stage by fellow clones, where he said a personal thank you to all the hospital staff who helped him during his difficult times. And more recently, Evan came out for the St. Louis Cardinals Star Wars Night on June 13th, and had a blast hanging out with his new clone friends. Thanks to Kyle, CC88260, for that report. For May the 4th, Empire City Garrison was asked to attend a live broadcast of Good Morning America at ABC Studios in New York City. Special guest for that morning was director Ron Howard of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Jonathan TK16890, Chris TK6744, Anthony TK55933, and Anthony TK10666 were cast by Disney and Lucasfilm to participate. They were picked up at 4 a.m. for a 6 a.m. call time where they did a walkthrough with what they had planned for our troopers that morning. It was a surprise for them to find out that Ron Howard was the guest that morning and that the troopers would part uh, would be part of his introduction. As they were getting ready to uh, in, their, in their dressing rooms, Ron did stop by and was nice enough to chat with them for a bit and even take some photos. They were asked to do a few scenes with the weather reporter during the 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. hour, uh, guard both Ron's and Charlie's, uh, Faron's green room doors, walk out on the stage, and be part of Ron's intro. They utilized our troopers quite a bit during that hour, and it was very exciting for them to be part of it all. They also had fun taking photos with some of the reporters and staff backstage in between shots. Good Morning America had some kids on set dressed up in Star Wars costumes as well as uh, as well to help celebrate May the 4th be with you, and they were very excited to see real stormtroopers there. Special thanks to David, TK34288, for being the on-site handler. Uh, he took some great behind-the-scenes photos and kept kept them safe throughout the troop. We'll have a link to some of those photos 
uh, as well as video from the morning in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Alaskan Garrison spent the morning of May the 4th at a Star Wars-themed breakfast at their home away from home, the Alaska Native Medical Center. Patients, their families, and staff from all over the hospital and Ronald McDonald House were invited for a fun Star Wars-themed breakfast that even included the blue milk. Unlike the garrison's normal monthly visits, this was open to all of the hospital's doctors, nurses, staff, patients, and their families. There were raffles for Star Wars prizes and tons of photos for everyone. Then that afternoon, four members of Alaskan Garrison made the two-and-a-half-hour drive down to Soldata, Alaska, for the Soldata Public Library's annual Fun Children and Families event. The library had requested their imperial presence for a year or two now, so they're excited to make it finally work. There was tons of Star Wars trivia, games, make-your-own-sabers events, and other fun crafts and activities, even including fun-themed snacks. And Imperial Order 13, their code for shenanigans, was in full effect, and the entire community came out for this awesome event. Check out the link for both those events via the links in our show notes. And thanks to Jen IC84864 for getting those reports in just under the wire. Costa Rica Garrison celebrated both May the 4th and Revenge of the 5th with their fellow costuming clubs, Saber Guild, Rebel Legion, Sith Dynasty, and Star Wars Collectors Club. May the 4th was a troupe at CCM Cinemas Mall San Pedro after office hours. The Garrison's first and only female stormtrooper, Geo, TK24062 attended this event on behalf of the 501st Legion. Then on the 5th, they had a fun-filled day of activities such as a photo booth, trivia contest, and kids' costume contest. We'll have links to photos from both of those events in our show notes. Thanks, as always, to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. To celebrate May the 4th, Children's Hospital of Orange County shared a really great video featuring one of the employees, who also happens to be TK61490 of Southern California Garrison's Orange County Squad. After seeing how much patients at the hospital loved Star Wars, Justin joined the 501st to help bring more Star Wars fun to CHOC. Justin remarked that to get to use my nerdiness and love of Star Wars to put a smile on a child's face, you probably could really use one. It's just the best feeling. Check out the link to the video in our show notes. Thanks to squad leader Brian SL25259 for sharing the video with us. Yeah, we call that Chalk Hospital, and it's good to hear from my, my squad finally. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the Orange County uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County Chalk. It's one of uh, our squad's biggest uh, uh, places to go troop at. So always mm-hmm. good to hear from them. On May 10th, Joe good name, SL70275 from Dunsey Garrison paid a special visit to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. One of the children there is obsessed with Darth Vader, so much so that he insists on everyone calling him Darth Angel. Darth Angel had had a rough night the night before the visit, and doctors were concerned about possible paralysis issues in his arms and hands due to the surgery he had. Darth Angel's neurologist was in the room to check on him when Joe arrived as Darth Vader. SL70275 asked Darth Angel to make the fist. He also asked him to hold a training lightsaber and to try and flick it open. The neurologist isn't worried anymore as Darth Angel was making the movements he needed to be making to start his recovery. Joe learned that Darth Angel likes jokes and made his retreat after telling him that he needed to get going because he left his 
TIE fighter parked in the fire lane. Thanks to Jim, IC6737, for that report. Empire City Garrison attended the Mets Star Wars Night on Saturday, May 19th. This was a very large and high-profile event with over a dozen attendees from the 501st who were joined by members of the Rebel Legion, Saber Guild, and Mandalorian Mercs. So there was a diverse crowd of Star Wars costumes represented. Unfortunately, it was a very rainy day, and there were concerns right up until the start time whether or not they'd be able to attend. Thankfully, when they started to arrive that evening, the rain did start to let up and only misted throughout the night, allowing the game to still go on after a slight delay. The changing area was very tight with all the groups sharing one space, but they made it work and managed to all get ready by the call time. Legionnaires helped out with the costume contest in the bullpen area, which had a large number of participants. Plus, there was a huge crowd there overall, which we're excited to see our members. After the contest, characters were split into groups and escorted through different areas of the ballpark. One group participated in the t-shirt contest, another helped present awards to the costume contest winners, and another group with characters that needed to avoid the rain was taken to the enclosed upper level to greet patrons in various areas, including a bat mitzvah that was going on in one of the uh, VIP lounges. The management there treated our members very well, trying to be mindful of customers' limitations and keeping them safe. That's always nice. They provided snacks and a gift card for food after the event and gave everyone t-shirts and the little bobblehead giveaway that was going on for the night. The feedback from the Mets management after the event was very positive, and ECG appreciated everyone's fortitude and patience for a somewhat challenging troop. It was a great experience, and they hope to support future Mets Star Wars nights in the years to come. Special thanks to the handlers who helped members get ready and keep them safe throughout the night, because without squires, it's much more challenging and sometimes hazardous for our members to troop. Thanks to Chris SL6744 for that report. I got a bad feeling about this. We hope that all of our listeners have seen Solo, the Star Wars story by now, as we might dive into some spoilers after we go through some mission reports. First up is the May 15th debut of Solo at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, Solo, the uh, Star Wars story, is, the only, is only the third film in this series after Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith to be shown at Cannes. And thanks to Disney members of French Garrison, Italica Garrison, and Monaco Outpost, uh, were featured as stormtroopers on the red carpet. Check out the link to photos on French Garrison's Facebook page in our show notes. Desert Scorpion Garrison also got an early bird surprise thanks to Disney. They're actually not sure if their members or the local Disney contact was more excited about the event. Being on the opposite side of Australia without a Disney office, they don't see very many high-profile events. So when the news of a movie premiere for Solo was to be held in Perth, they were over the moon. Unfortunately, they were also limited to only 12 members that could attend, so spots went fast. At the pre-troop briefing, they all received a Solo promo pack from Disney that included a hat, bag and limited pin, which they were delighted about, but getting a ticket to see the screening of the movie a week ahead of most in Australia was already enough for them. They posed for a few group photos before the patrons arrived, and then it was go time. The four classic TKs were staged together, but that quickly caused a bottleneck to traffic, so to help break it up, they started acting as if they were 
a lanyard checkpoint and scolded patrons who didn't display their identification. They also had a pesky Tuscan trying to cut in through the line without a pass, and he was abruptly removed, yelling in some strange language the whole time. He appeared once again later with a pass and proceeded to rub it in the stormtroopers' helmets while walking through the blockade. Those Tuscans are just plain rude. Then it was time to desuit and head into the theater where they thankfully had reserved seats, cans of drink and popcorn already supplied, which was an extra bonus to the night. The Disney rep gave a short talk before the movie began, including a thank you to the 501st and Rebel Legion, which gained a massive applause from the audience when the club logos appeared on the screen. Finally, everyone was told to look under their seats, and one lucky patron found a note under her seat. She won artwork from Mark Rotz, who happened to be sitting behind some of the 501st members. After the movie, they all said their goodbyes and packed out their gear, and looked forward to gathering again for the actual midnight launch the following week. We'll have a link to a group photo in our show notes, and thanks to Glenn, TK85421, for that report. On May 23rd, nine members from Costa Rica Garrison, along with some Rebel Legion members, stormed the Sinopolis Terra Mall lobby prior to the official midnight release of Solo, to the delight of attendees. Then on May 26th and 27th, Costa Rica Garrison deployed 12 and 16 troopers, respectively, for each day. They worked alongside the Rebel Legion, Saber Guild, Sith Dynasty, Mando Mercs, and Star Wars Collectors Group, known as Moss Eisley Collectors Costa Rica, to celebrate the release of Solo, a Star Wars story. It was a two-day fundraiser event in the lobby of Sinopolis Terramal Complex and packed with activities like a photo booth, trivia contest, kids' costume contest, and a performance by Saber Guild on each day, while Moss Eisley Collectors Costa Rica showed off their best collectibles. During the weekend, they raised money to help the Turiel Bean Pain Clinic Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization which runs a pain clinic and palliative care clinic in the Turiel Bal region in the Kartko province. We'll have links to photo galleries from both troops in our show notes, and thanks to Grand Admiral Ed AR5494 for that report. Our United Arab Emirates outpost had the largest troop ever. All 16 of their members turned out for the solar premiere in Dubai. Check out all the photos on their Facebook page via the link in our show notes. Empire City Garrison attended two different screenings of Solo on May 26th. First at the Belmore Playhouse Theater on Long Island, then at the Island 16 Cinema Deluxe in Holtzville, New York. The first appearance was on behalf of the East Rockaway Little League and a large fundraiser for them. And for the second, Showcase Cinemas will be making a donation to the Jimmy Fund, which supports adult and pediatric cancer care and research in exchange for our appearance there. At both troops, they had fun posing for photos with movie patrons there to see Solo and other movies that just happened to be screening at the theaters also. After each event, troopers were invited to watch the movie, which they were happy to do. On June 3rd, Empire City Garrison attended an autism-friendly showing of Solo A Star Wars Story for Sensory Sundays. This event was held at the Bowtie Franklin Square Cinemas for an hour before their screening. Five troopers from ECG and two members of the Rebel Legion attended this event, which was sponsored by the Janison Society for Autism Awareness. The JSAA is a Long Island-based organization founded by a 14-year-old Justin, who is now 16, and it actively organizes autism-friendly events across Nassau, Suffolk, and Westchester counties, as well as parts of New York City. 
Legionnaires posed for photos and interacted with the attendees as they entered the theater. There was sort of a light turnout, but the kids and families who attended really appreciated meeting our members. A few of the troopers did desuit and stay for the movie afterwards, and they appreciated getting to see it with the group. We'll have a link to a photo of John, TI42070's specially decked out autism awareness tie costume in our show notes, so be sure to go check that out. Thanks, as always, to Chris, TB6744, for that report. For those who caught our March episode, you may remember Costa Rica Garrison's troop to grant young Felipe, a boy who lost one of his legs to cancer, the wish to train with a dinner night. We'll link the training video again to our show notes for those who missed it. Sadly, we heard from Costa Rica Garrison that on Sunday, May 27th, Felipe lost his battle with cancer. We mourn with the Costa Rica Garrison and Felipe's family. Grand Admiral Ed conveyed the sentiment that he will always be our Jedi Knights. Buckets off, troopers. May 31st through June 3rd was the mega event at Legoland, Germany, quite possibly the largest gathering of troopers outside of a celebration. Over the course of the four days, there were more than 1,000 costumers. On Saturday, 380 of them gathered for the large group photo. Troops from 13 different nations, including Austria, Czech Republic, Italy, Luxembourg, Poland, Switzerland, the UK, the US, and even Hong Kong. Over 60 marching stormtroopers, four brand new Praetorian guards, a whole clone company, more than 50 Thai pilots, and the Emperor himself. Our Imperial Sands Garrison hosted troopers right around the same time for Legoland California's Star Wars weekends on both June 2nd and 3rd and June 9th and 10th. We'll get some links to photos from both Lego troops in our show notes. The Joliet Public Library in Joliet, Illinois, hosted their ninth annual Star Wars event. To our knowledge, this is the largest library troupe in the world, with more than 80 members from around the Legion attending and thousands of attendees from the public. Their 501st members are joined by members from the Rebel Legion, Mando Mercs, R2 Builders, Galactic Academy, and Dark Empire. And it all took place on Saturday, June 2nd, and pretty much took over several downtown buildings. They have a parade, Star Wars-themed games, costume contest, several artists like Dave Dorman and Joe Caroni, and toy vendors set up booths as well. There's displays all throughout the library and the neighboring museum, and endless opportunities for photo ops with characters. Plus, several bands like the Landspeeder Band and the Padawans provided live musical entertainment. Next year is the 10th anniversary of the event, and they're hoping to have as many 501st members come out as possible. Check out the link to a news article that was published a couple weeks before the event in our show notes, and we'll also have a link to a group photo from that event as well. I'm very tempted, but I just can't quite swing two trips out to Illinois in the same year. (laughs) It's almost too bad that this and Celebration weren't like a little closer and I could kill two birds with one stone, but oh well. Maybe uh, for their 11th annual event, I could make it out there. Let's do it. I'll meet you. (laughs) On Sunday, June 3rd, Empire City Garrison had the honor of presenting the news of a trip to Disney to the Raguso family. Christoph, uh, TK61400, Tabitha, DZ61406, Chris, TB6744, Alan, TI97491, Joe, TK91452, and John, TI42070, trooped the events with Christoph's daughter helping out as a second Jawa to complete the crew. 
Christopher Raguso, who was a FDNY firefighter and a New York Air National Guard flight engineer, and one of seven killed after a HH-60 Pavehawk struck a power line in Iraq in March of this year. His family got together and made arrangements for a trip for his widow and his daughters to go to Disney this summer. Since his daughters are huge Star Wars fans, um, his sister-in-law, Johanna, asked the Fiber to present the surprise trip to the family. ECG knew this was something they really needed to support to help remember Mr. Raguso and do something special for his family. In speaking with, his, with the family, they mentioned that Mr. Raguso was a huge Star Wars fan and that he had passed that on to his young daughters. They always knew it was their father's favorite thing and it has become a way for them to help remember him. Troopers changed at the sister-in-law's house across the street and marched back across the street and over to the family's backyard to do the presentation. John TI42070 did the honors and presented Chris's daughter, Mila and Ava, with the announcement of the Disney trip in June. They also presented them with some Fiber First and ECG swag, including cards, t-shirts, coins, and stickers. The family was very appreciative. And the girls were very excited about having the Fiber First there and, of course, excited about the Disney trip itself. It was an incredibly emotional and rewarding experience for all of our volunteers, and ECG was proud to participate. We'll have links to in our show notes with a New York Post article about the family, the family's GoFundMe page, and a photo from the event. Thanks to Chris TB6744 for that report. And now another word from one of our sponsors. At the midnight premiere of a science fiction movie, you expect the night to go flawlessly, but you couldn't have been more wrong. Before the movie even starts, you find yourself propelled into a galaxy far, far away. All around you, people are dressed in otherworldly attire, beings called Jedi, Sith, bounty hunters, and even storm troopers. And as you begin to get a bad feeling about all this, you suddenly realize what has transpired. My dear friend, what you have actually done is crossed over into the Star Wars Zone. You know, sometimes I amaze even myself. So as we kind of hinted earlier, we're hoping everyone has already seen it. It's been like almost a month now. So I think that's plenty of time. I'm sure lots of other podcasts have already gone on and, and done spoiler shows. So I thought we'd we'd take a little break from the uh, mission reports and chit chat about what we thought about the movie ourselves. Um, so I got to see it uh, four times during the premiere weekend. Um, I did both the, the 2D and the 3D. Um, didn't really see a difference between the two. I don't know. Maybe it's just my eyes, but, but I definitely enjoyed all of the showings. Um, as, as we kind of talked about with, with the last Jedi, I think I'm kind of like a really easy to please movie goer. So it's hard to, for me to just be disappointed in a star Wars movie. Um, but I absolutely love Lando. I thought Donald Glover did an awesome job with that. Han was, uh, kind of was convinced and every once in a while I wasn't. Um, so there, I'm not quite sure what pulled me out of it, but there were some things that he almost reminded me more of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones than Harrison Ford as Han Solo. There was like this one moment when he is um, 
I want to say it's when he first um, is in the Imperial Army, but right before he meets Beckett, and he like looks up from the explosion, and whatever that expression was he had, it looked just like something that Indiana Jones did. So it was that I think like jarred me because it's like, well, it's kind of right, but not kind of right, Harrison Ford. Um, but overall, I love the storyline. I'm very intrigued with what how they ended it with you know Darth Maul. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to continue that further based on all of the what I believe is unwarranted negative feedback uh, about the movie, if they're going to try to do any kind of sequels, maybe not a, a solo sequel, but, but something that continues kind of that minor cliffhanger with, we don't really figure out what Darth Maul has in store for Kira. Um, but yeah. So what do you guys think? It was good. Joe, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> just hand it off to me just like that. Boom. I liked it. Boom. No, pass no, no. it on. Uh, well, you know, uh, they definitely left it open at the end there for the story to be continued somehow. Um, and I think that um, it would behoove Disney to continue the story in some fashion, whether it be in the Kenobi film that uh, we've been promised or has it been promised? I know we've been promised a FET film, and I think that uh, that should uh, continue the story quite nicely. I definitely want to see a backstory about how Han Solo met Boba Fett, because, you know, come uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they're, they're mortal enemies. So uh, I definitely want to see some background story on that. But we have to resolve this whole Darth Maul issue. So it would be interesting to see how perhaps I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, hypothesizing here, but in the Fed film, maybe we can see both of those, uh, resolved somehow. Uh, you know, get the, get to the Darth Maul, uh, equation, uh, uh, taken care of and then bring Fett into the picture. I think both of those as, uh, villains in the same movie would make for an outstanding plot. But backing up a bit, uh, Kira is easily my new favorite character in Star Wars, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Game of Thrones fan, uh, but she is uh, – I, I absolutely loved her character. And there's uh, um, not much that I can say about the film that I didn't enjoy. I mean, I really liked how Sol uh, Han Solo met Chewie. Um, I think that the storyline initially started out a little bit slow, but uh, – and Alden Ehrenreich's portrayal of Han Solo – it, I kind of had to get used to it at first because, hey, we're all used to seeing Harrison Ford play solo, but it did grow grow on me, and uh, I, I uh, enjoyed his take as a young Han Solo. And when I think about it, when I was probably in my late teens, early 20s, the uh, Young Indiana Jones series was on TV, and I had to get used to someone playing a youthful Indiana Jones on TV, and I kind of got that same feeling here. It's just a little bit of a change, something to get used to, but it did grow on me. Yeah, uh, overall, I like the movie. I seem to like the standalones better than the uh, episodic ones. But um, as I, I, I watched it three times, and um, as soon as I caught the first Easter egg, I was I was hooked. I was, you know, I, I'm a fan of the EU, uh, the, the legends now, that you know timeline or, or uh, events that happen in that uh, in all those novels and and games and comic books um, prior to. Uh, the introduction of the, the new canon. So I was uh, very pleased with things that are now canon that were, I thought, lost forever in, in the in the Legends uh, universe. So um, the casting was great. Um, I agree with you, Joe, that um, as Akira, that uh, she was she was definitely cast very, very well. 
Um, I liked um, even Woody Harrelson, which at first I was a bit apprehensive to have such a well-known character in or actor uh, in, in in the Star Wars universe, but uh, or, or movie. But I rather enjoy them, and I'm interested to see what they will do with with the whole Maul uh, story because that was definitely a surprise and something they shouldn't just uh, you know hint at, but actually actually explore further. So I can't I can't wait for any any potential um, spin-offs or, or continuations of the story. Um, obviously, we all know that it didn't bring in the money that maybe it was you know it was hoped to bring in. But I hope that doesn't deter Lucasfilm and Disney from pursuing that timeline a bit further for everybody's sakes. So overall, thumbs up. Yeah, I am not a huge follower of the EU, so I probably most of the Easter eggs you know, probably went over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- when you mentioned Easter egg, that, and then I was talking about Indiana Jones earlier, well, Joe was talking about Indiana Jones as well. There was the uh, crystal skull that was in Dryden Voss's office. Yes. And um, someone said the idol was in there too, but I didn't see where that was. It was also there, yeah. It or no, there. I saw the idol, but I didn't see the crystal skull. That's what, what it was. Were they on the same table? Uh, it wasn't really the crystal skull. It was It was a crystal skull from a Lando old Lando Calrissian book from the 80s gotcha okay that was on also in one of the covers of the books so I think that's what you probably heard gotcha okay I was thinking it was Indiana Jones crystal skull (laughs) that makes more sense not to have two Indiana Jones Easter eggs in the same room (laughs) yeah did either of you notice, I'm, I'm probably going to be crucified for bringing this up, but uh, among some of the other things that were around that particular set was a Mandalorian helmet on top of what looked like samurai armor. Did anybody see that? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And I yeah. think th- I think it was mentioned in a, a, one of the visual dictionaries or visual guides that there was an quote-unquote incomplete outfit. So hint, hint, GMLs, please don't approve that. yeah i think without knowing who wore it it would be difficult to determine like what its nature true nature was so yeah it was i heard some people saying oh it's just a prop you know don't don't treat it like a costume Mm -hmm. so yeah so overall very exciting i i think we are supposed to have a kenobi as well as a, a fet i thought but Maybe I've just been hearing too many rumors, but I think a Darth Maul appearing in a Kenobi film would be a good matchup to to do that part of the story. And Kenobi would uh, probably like, uh, how many times do I have to kill you? <laughs> <laughs> and they call you master. You know, when I cut you in half, I should have aimed for your neck instead. Perhaps by the time you listen to this, the troops will have already descended for the final time on Dreamworld Australia. 2018 is the final Stormtroopers weekend they are allowed to host, and it's really bittersweet for our Redback Garrison and other troopers who come out for the largest gathering of 501st in the Southern Hemisphere. We'll have a link to the Facebook event page in our show notes. And the massive San Diego Comic-Con is coming up next month, July 19th through 22nd, with preview night on July 18th. Imperial Sands Garrison is well on its way to having everything all pinned up. 
And on Friday, July 20th, there will be the Star Wars Tiki-themed bash for the 501st Rebel Legion, Mando Merc, Droid Builders, and Saber Guild. Right now, tickets are still only available to members of those groups, but it may be opened up to the public if they don't sell out. Saturday morning will be the Legion Group photo, followed by the ever-popular Droid Hunt kickoff. Their chosen charity for this year is the Shawnee Foundation, a local San Diego foundation that helps kids with cancer lead normal and meaningful lives while helping battle their diseases. If you're a member planning to troop this event, be sure to stay tuned to the planning forums for all the latest details. Member Shoutout. This episode, we'd like to give a shout out to Scott TK62000 on his 100th troop in Stormtrooper armor. Scott joined the Legion uh, in January 2017 and is a member of Bloodfin Garrison in Indiana. In addition, in addition to his TK, he also has a Shadow Stormtrooper and Dengar. Well done, Scott. For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. That's Roku Depot, R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T dot com. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter twitter.com slash 501st legion join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping star wars and charity and don't forget you can listen to this podcast on our website on itunes stitcher and the star wars podcasts android app the 501st legion is a worldwide star wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by star wars fans while it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast. Welcome back to the 501st cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. And hey, Nikki might want to might want to so, start that yeah. over. <laughs> you spoke over Marcus. So, I, thought, oh. I, thought it, I thought it was my turn. That's okay. Was, that's okay. You know, myself, Marcus. So oh. Fun. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. And Marcus, I'm Winnie the Pooh. Oh, sorry. I, I I was gonna I was purposefully going to do a blooper right then and there, you know, with the <laughs> and I'm Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> and uh, I it backfired. I spoke over Marcus that time. <laughs> okay. It seems like when Marcus talks, there's like this humming behind it to me. I don't know if yeah, there is. There's a little bit of uh, background, but it's not too bad. I think I can, I can in post edit. I can probably minimize that a little bit. Okay. I'm in space. I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I apologize. I'm up on the, the ISS right now. <laughs> <laughs> we could still hear you okay. 
Hmm. What can I do better? Hold on. One second, okay? Okay. This is making great blooper material. It really is. <laughs> I don't know what all this trouble is about, but I'm sure it must be your fault. <laughs>